a little different real quick because we recap last week at the beginning of the actual session. We recently just started up a Patreon to try and grow the podcast, make things a little bit crazier, harder, better, faster, stronger, you know, the way things usually tend to go. I don't want to stick this in here every episode to, you know, visit us on Patreon, help the show, blah, blah, blah. I listen to podcasts. I know how it gets. It can get a little annoying and grating, so I don't, I don't want to bring that down on you guys. I'll add it to the end of the episode, but this I want to be like my one main in episode. Hey, uh, we have a thing. Check it out. It'll be awesome. There's like 15 extra hours of content there that takes place before the first episode. And uh, tell your friends, pass the word along. You guys' support so far has been awesome and great and super encouraging, but we want to do more. Uh, check out the second announcement cast and... Uh, there's a little more details in there, and then follow the link in the description that will be in the descriptions from here on out. And, uh, sorry for taking up your time at the beginning, and let's get back to the actual show. So for the second time in under a week, Richard is piloting this van at a high rate of speed away from a place that they just performed some kind of criminal activity. In the back, we have Valerie covered in some dude's blood. We have several boxes that were recently stolen. We have Michael, and we have Annika. In the front, hunched over but unconscious, is Richard, as he is currently driving digitally. And elsewhere, Mary Sue escapes with a pocketbook full of keys. Yes, I do. So, we are meeting at Scrapper's, because we never decided another place. So, I guess Mary Sue is just going to drive straight to Scrapper's then, if it looks like nobody's following doesn't seem like anybody is following you. Well, nobody following Mary Sue. Okay. So, yeah, she's, that's the last place she heard to meet, so she's going to Scrappers. All right. Well, Boss is at the very back of the van, and she's hanging on to one of the straps that is on, at the roof of the van. And she's, she's clutching her chest because she's still in pain, kind of grimacing, but she's staring at the back window, keeping an eye out for any possible pursuers. Val is kind of hunched over on the floor of the rear of the van, and, like, this is going to be gross, but she's kind of, like, wiping the blood from her face, seeing it on her fingers, and then, like, licking her fingers. As a point of order, straight from the tap is even better than the Hemo sunbag. That's that's kind of what I figured. Just making sure it was stated for the record. Yeah. Boss is, thankfully, not watching this whole thing happening. And I don't know how conscious I am, but I am in a cold sim driving the van. So I'm assuming I can't hear any of this. You can later on just, like, you know, set up a little microphone and set it up so that your voice can come through the speakers. You do still have access to DNI, so you can communicate that way. Okay, fair enough. Listen to DNI to everyone there in the van. What the hell is going Is anything going on back there? I can't, you know, sense anything as I am currently the van. I put that in, like, quotes. Getting the message, Michael said, starts sending one back. Well... Val looks like she's trying to clean herself up, and I don't know what's going on with Boz, but I'm going to check. So if you're the van, how are you paying attention to what's going on here and the road? I have an extremely capable mind, okay? I'm very good at multitasking. Presumably, I almost sideswipe a car. You just can't lift anything. Okay, got it. So I'm going to try to maneuver myself over to Boz, who said she's starting to feel like she's in pain. Boz, you you okay? What, you, did you get hit or something? Boz grimaces a little bit, and she kind of glances down at herself, or she's got her arm kind of clutched over her jacket, which is over her chest, and she says, ah, Yeah, I've never been shot before. Looks like the coat took the brunt of it, though, so I'll be okay. Like, did it go through, or is it? Just like a bruise. I might have some bruise drips. Uh, I'm, pr- I'm okay. Don't worry about me. I think we got bigger problems. She looks like she's just trying to put on like a, a strong face kind of thing. Because that's the kind of person she is. She does look like she's in a lot of pain, though. All right. Um, so seeing you grimace and whatnot, I'm going to break out the first aid. 
Boss kind of sees that you're kind of getting ready to do some medical work. And she, like, immediately is kind of like, Mike, it's it's fine. I'll be fine. We can wait. She doesn't really look like she's super interested in stopping what she's doing, which is keeping an eye out. And uh, so, so Mike's hands kind of collapse on the first aid kit and his head kind of goes down a little bit. So, Boz, what you're telling me is that you want me to allow you to be injured while you're supposedly keeping watch for those who might be pursuing us. And in a weakened state, you're going to allow something to happen because you're not going to see it because you're in pain or you're grimacing or whatever. And you're not going to allow me to do the one thing that I might be able to do to try to help. Thanks. There's like a moment where boss is just sort of looking out the window. She doesn't really respond, but she lowers her head a little bit and she sighs and she says, all right, but I got to keep lookout. So she starts to like pull her jacket off and she kind of winces as she moves her shoulder. I'll help get the jacket off and I'll administer as much first aid as I can with her being as upright as she is. She doesn't like make it difficult, but she like, she's like kneeling by the door, looking out the window and she's like hanging on. She's, she's not laying down, making it easy. One point of edge and six net successes later. Sorry, seven. Michael will spend a, a couple of minutes getting you all set up there, boss. It's almost right. as if, like, you didn't get shot and have some bruised ribs. Painkillers and, and wrapping up the chest kind of thing? Yeah. It's probably some painkillers, some bandaging, and some kind of, like, topical cream to, to help with inflammation and swelling and uh, medical terms. I don't know. By the time Mike is done, Boss seems like a, a little surprised at how much better she feels, and she she gives him like a sincere look and says, "Thanks, Mike." Stop fighting me next time. She grins a little and she she nods. She says, "Yeah, I'll keep that in mind." And she goes back to looking out the window. Valerie, it's so nummy. So as you finished uh, grooming yourself, more or less, you're gonna notice a wispy form kind of enter into the van. And it's going to coil around Michael a little bit with what seems to be its head kind of comes even with Michael's head and it reaches up some wisps of smoke and starts tracing the lines of his face. Val's going to stop doing what she's doing and slowly stand up and point towards Michael, but like obviously not pointing at Michael, pointing at the thing that she's seen. She'll start stuttering, Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike, there, there, there's a thing. What do you, yeah, there's a lot of things. What do you mean? There's, um, a, a, a glowy, glowy, glowy thing. All the sense. As you begin to open your astral eye, I'm going to go ahead and roll me in a sensing roll real quick. Valerie, you will notice as recognition comes over Michael's face, the glowy form of a, of a person is going to come up over to you and reach out with one little wispy hand to kind of trace your face in the same way it was tracing Michael's. Val will throw herself back, like, away from the uh, from the person and just, like, kind of freak out. Sure. Bad news for you. You're going to kind of hit right into your piles of loot that are at the back of the van here. Of course I am. And this thing is going to come closer to you, and it's going to start touching at your face. So you know that scene in Alien where Ripley is, like, looking away and it's right there in front of her? That's pretty much what Val is doing right now. Yeah, it's strange because you can feel it kind of press against you. Michael, with your five hits on a sensing, one point of edge later, of course, this is the same spirit you saw in the resort. Okay. Would you like to know anything more intense about it as you have gotten more hits um, than last time? What is it doing? It seems to be taking a look and more or less sensing you getting to know your auras. Okay, is there anything that I can do to stop that or to block him? You could try and and zap it. All right, then, yeah, I'll do that, and I'll ask him what he's doing. Are you asking first or are you zapping first? I'll ask him first, and then I'll zap if he's being uncooperative. Sure. The head will turn and smoke will kind of pour out of the eye sockets and it has one hand still caressing Valerie. Looking. For the purpose of what? To answer my master's call. 
So she, what was her call this time around? It'll release Valerie. And Valerie, you feel the pressure of like a strong gust kind of come off of you. And it'll float its way over to in front of Michael. Are both sides of this conversation no. audible or just Michael? Just Michael. Just Michael's. Unless you can astrally perceive. It'll kind of hover there in front of Michael. Master wanted to know who was responsible. And now they do. So you already told your master? The head will turn in the direction the smoke pours from the eye sockets will also change to follow gravity, even though on the astral gravity doesn't really matter. Did as I was told. And now my service has ended. And it begins to dissipate. Frack. What? What did it say? Whoever summoned it gave it a command to find out who stole the gear, the items, the stuff. And uh, inform back to them what we look like. Well, it knows what I look like, and it now knows what Val looks like. Boss rubs her face. But it's just the two of us, because it didn't get to you, per se, or RC. So you two are, I would almost say, safe. Almost, I guess, maybe, possibly. Thinking back, the aura that was around this air elemental, was it the same aura that was on the head lady as she was walking out of her office past us? Don't recall ever saying that there was some aura to her. You didn't. That's why I was asking. I don't know if there was one. That's why I was saying. No. From your memory, the aura of this elemental is not the same aura as Crystal. Fair enough. And I'll say, but by the looks of it, it wasn't Crystal who sent this thing. Now, it could have been one of Crystal's henchmen or minions or peons or whatever they would. The technical term for somebody who's working for somebody else is nowadays. But I don't. No, because I haven't seen them. I haven't seen the same resonance. So what I'm hearing is that some criminal knows what we look like, or at least some of us, and is probably going to come looking for whatever we took from them. Michael, if you want, you can roll some kind of magical theory so that I can put into words what you know that that spirit knows. All right. So the four hits on your magical theory roll. Spirits can do a couple of things. For one... They can see auras and stuff as big creatures of the astral plane. You also know that they are capable of searching for people in small areas if they have something that they can search for. You also know, maybe it was the adrenaline or the panic of the moment, but you casted a couple spells in stealing that stuff, which also leaves your astral signature behind, which, now that it's been a couple of minutes, is very plausible that whoever was the security mage saw that and sent the spirit to try and find you. The actual search area is kind of limited to the immediate area, so as you get farther away, you will be safer until they start to actually, like, canvas the area for you. Like, go over here and send the spirit out looking around. Okay, let's go ten miles in this direction and go look around. Something like that. All right. I will DNI RC. Um, you better, like, step on it. We may have problems. Uh, okay, so guys, the... the well, I'm going to step on it and send a message back saying, uh, okay, like what? We'll have to see. It depends. I'm not sure yet. We just had a visitor. So what this thing is possible, it could have been following the loot, the stuff that we took. There could be something that it could key to. Um, there's no real way for us to know. Or it could be that it got basically a scent of me when I was using my magic, because it came to me first. When you use magic, just like when you use anything in reality, you leave a sample of yourself there, an example, a, a footprint, if you will. Same on the magical aspect of it. And they could have looked at the magical aspect of it and followed me. So why didn't you just zap this thing or whatever it is you do? It was given a job, a task. It had already gotten my face, and by the time I noticed that it was there, it was already getting Val's face. So with its job done, it left. Poof. Gone. It didn't say where we were. It said these were the people. If I zap it, if I used a magical energy to attack it, it would have a reason to attack us and cause damage to us right now. As it stands, the entity is gone. It's not on this plane of existence anymore. It went home. 
That means the other mage would have to spend enough time and resources to resummon it, to reattune it, to then resend it effectively to me if my energy is still lingering there, which by this point I don't think it is. Bossla is listening like she follows everything that Mike's saying, but at the end she just shakes her head and she's like, this is all a lot of voodoo to me. I'll let you handle the magic stuff. Is there any, if there's anything we can do to prevent them from finding us again, that would be great. Because right now, I, it sounds like they can find us wherever we want to go if they found us now. And if they can find us and they can hunt us down with things that can hurt us just as bad as that spirit could, maybe worse. Is there some way you can hide it? Does Mike realize that this creature is after basically him and not necessarily Valerie with the amount of time it spent on me? Vice Valerie. It would be hard for Mike to jump to that conclusion. You know, it's one of those things like it showed up, it was looking at you and then interested in Valerie and then you confronted it. Part of its orders could have been to, to do so unnoticed or to return at the first sign of opposition or something along those lines. It's hard to tell without knowing what its explicit orders are. Fair enough. How about how fast are we going there, RC? And yes, you'll get a DNI about it. When I was told to step on it, I stepped on it. So, however fast the uh, the van can go without really uh, you know using any qualities that I have that might damage it, you know whatever the top speed of this thing is. All right. So, um, I'm going to DNI this to RC as I explain this to Boss. What we're looking at basically is okay. So you like hunting creatures, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, so when uh. A, a critter attacks your base camp and then it leaves. You don't just leave it alone, right? Because it may come back for you later. You always send out like hunting dogs for it and whatnot. Yeah, if it's got a taste for for a person, definitely want to put. Okay. That, yeah. So, about how long do you let those dogs go out before you call them back and move to another area to search for more? I'll be honest. It's usually me, not some dogs, but I'll go out for the better part of an afternoon looking for it. So you have a limited radius, right? Well, up north, I mean, if you're gone too long without your supplies, you're going to die. So think of that as the same concept here with this air spirit that we just confronted. It has a limited range, but that doesn't mean they can't move further in the area to increase the radius because they searched here, didn't find it, so they're going to search over here next. That's why we need to move it. The farther away we get, the faster we get away, the less likely it is and the less easier it is for that air spirit to actually latch on to me because I'm the one that left the magic residue behind. So what you're saying is we just have to keep moving. For a little bit, yeah, until other things come up, yes. Now, if we meet up with Scrapper, is there anything that's going to lead them to Scrapper after we've left? Is it going to leave your signature? I haven't done any magical stuff on you or here. I just used first aid on you. I haven't cast any other spells, so inside here should be fine, and my residue, my astral signature shouldn't be here. I haven't done anything with it other than being here, um, but just in case, I will definitely separate from you guys before you go to Scrapper. Wait, wait, we can't split up. I mean, we're in this together. Uh, that's not a question. Um, I'm going to look out the window. About where are we at? Uh, oh. You're asking somebody who is terrible with directions to give directions based on a place he's never been in the time he's never been. So about how long have we been on the road? You've been about 10, 15 minutes. You were on the road for a couple of minutes. Spirit showed up. You told Richard to, to hit it. Richard began pedal to the metal. And then a couple of minutes of conversation, a couple of minutes of driving like a jerk. And you're probably about halfway to Scrappers if you want to have any kind of conversation or... okay. I'm going to just DNI RC. Hey, let me know when we are about a quarter of the way to Scrappers. I'm going to need you to pull over so I can check some things. Okay. I'm, I'm going as fast as I can. RC, I DNI'd you. I made sure you uh, were okay. in the loop because you told me you didn't have ears. Did that include Mary Sue, by the way? She has no clue. It was stated that it was to everybody in the van. Yep, that's fine. So at this point, I will just uh, maintain astral sensing. And looking to make sure that I'm not leaving any other extra astral signature here and make sure that nothing else is following us. Oh, God. We're so screwed. How, how, how far away are we from the uh, Scrapper's thing? We can be as close as you guys want. 
You can't drive the car while in AR. Do you have to be unconscious to drive it? No, you can switch to AR and drive it that way. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Sure. You won't get, like, your jumped-in bonuses, but you can still AR drive. If I need to go back in. Okay, I'm trying to wake up and uh, join the party here. I think we're good. Back is killing me. What? What? What is? Uh, are we screwed? How do we lose this thing? We just gotta keep on the move for a little while. From the sounds of it, boss shoots Mike a glance. So that's what I know. Depends on if the mage who summoned it keeps going and basically keeps moving towards us. If it has a direction. Great. So what? What do we get back there? I mean, while we're sitting here, everybody seems you know alive, more or less. Look around at his foul's bloody clothes and. Uh, boss, I'm looking at a gunshot wound in the chest. So, yeah. Do we have stuff back there? What's in the boxes? Crates? I think we should wait until we get to Scrappers at least before we start mucking around. I think that we should keep on moving, right? Well, Boz, you go ahead and keep an eye out. Um, Val, why don't you come help me over and open this and start going through some of this stuff so we know what we're getting into. The whole time you guys have been talking, she's kind of had just like this thousand yard stare on her face and she kind of when Michael says her name, she kind of snaps out of it and goes, huh, what, uh, yeah, um, what, this one over here, yeah? Sure. So you guys know the general size of the songbird cage. Are you starting with that, or are you starting with one of the other boxes? We probably shouldn't open that one. Yeah, I don't want to open that one, because I don't know what kind of effects it may have on us. I would look at some of the other boxes. Okay. Pull up my list. You're probably going to get to go through about two of them before you arrive at the waypoint you told Richard. So in the first one that you open up is going to have a small jewelry case in it. Opening the the jewelry case, you're going to see two earrings, a necklace, a ring. They're all kind of made in the same style, and they have some diamonds in them. Are you sure they're real diamonds? Does anybody have any gemology knowledge? (laughs) Do they cut glass? You're going to go use them to try and cut Richard's windows? No. In the second box, it's a bit of a smaller box. It has a small pouch, roughly the size of a dice bag. And as you kind of feel it through the the outside, it has a mostly spherical golf ball-sized thing in it. I'm gonna open it. Not quite vomiting nausea, but just like a an unease that washes over you as you kind of open it, and then it just... Ugh. All of us, or just Valerie? Those of you that are astrally active... Are they visibly blanch? Probably. Well, how does she how does she react? I don't know. And how does Michael react when this thing opens and like a wave of nausea ish hits you? Do I have any idea what would possibly cause that? First off, uh, you could roll some magical theory, and we'll find out. I mean, the nausea hit her, and especially after she, you know, just ate. Val will probably go to close it back up. And as you close it back up, that feeling will leave you. Wow, what's in the box? What's wrong with y'all? Y'all look kind of you know, blue around the gills. With three successes on your magical theory roll, this could be a couple of things. It is almost assuredly some kind of powerful magical reagent. The specifics of what it is will take a little bit of testing, but it's got some oomph to it. And you notice as soon as she puts it back in the bag, the feeling leaves you. Well, guys, that's something that is... Uh, used as a potent magical reagent of of sorts, a foci, if you will, something to put power behind. It doesn't really affect those who aren't magically attuned, I guess. Okay. So it affected you because you're magically attuned, right? Yeah, because I was astrally perceiving it, and it affected Valerie because vampires can't not astrally perceive things. It's how they get food. She keeps kind of glancing over her shoulder to see what's going on with the boxes. She actually looks dis- like, like a little disapproving, like she had suggested that they should wait, and they didn't. And she's just sort of like, rah, rah, rah. At this point, she actually, like, she's heard some of the, the com- commentary, and she says, hey, may- maybe opening these while we're driving down the road is a bad idea. You never know what's going to be in these things. It could cause problems. Can we just, like, wait until we're settled somewhere? <sighs> You're such a killjoy. All right, fine, we'll drive it back, and let's grab her, look at all of them, and... You know, if they explode, it'll be on him. So we're going to drive back to Scrappers. Did you want to oh. pull over for Michael's waypoint? Oh, sure. Okay. So, now, Boz, while I know you probably won't agree with this, I'm going to go over and I'm going to open the back of the van and I'm going to take a look out. I'm going to step out of the van. I'm going to say, you guys need to go on 
to scrappers to get this there safely without a beacon such as myself. I'm going right. to close the doors. And- no, you don't, because <laughs> boss, boss gets out of the van, too. She says, M- Mike, now is not the time to be a martyr. You said yourself we have to keep moving. The only way you're going to be safe is if you get in this van and we can drive faster than this guy can get his spirit up again, right? If you're on foot, you're all the closer to where you were before. We need to keep moving. I'm not going to be closer to where we were before, but here's the thing. Astral spirits don't travel the same way that you and I do. They don't care about barriers, about walls, about resistance and time as we know it. You stand here arguing with me and not protecting them and getting that stuff to where you guys need to get it to get our lives free, get our lives back on track is the more time that you're sitting here letting that thing get caught back up to us. Because that thing will find me. I'm not arguing about it. Boss shuts the van doors and bangs on the side of the van to tell Percy to go. And she says, Mike, look, if we got split up, you think that's best, fine. But I'm not leaving you alone out here. We'll figure this out. I'm not going anywhere. No, 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 no. If I had, look, Mike, if I I thought you had to step outside and take a piss, okay? If I'd known all this stupidness was going to happen, I would have pulled over the van. Okay. Mike, you know what we went through to get your ass out of that building? Now there's a vampire. I can't walk. Boss's life is probably more exciting. Lifted with your back instead of your legs. If only I had a giant friend who could lift up. Get your ass to the van. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you clowns. I can't get out of this van and beat your big ass. I can run you over with this van. So if you get in the van. The longer you guys are waiting, the more likely that spirit's going to come back here. Think right, of it this way. Do you want so to bring be- the spirit to Scrapper? Do you want to ruin the chance that you have? Look, the only thing I care about right now is making sure that every one of us gets out of this okay. And if we got to sit here and babysit your ass, that's fine. So if you want to get in the van and right. come with us, we'll figure it out there. Or you want to hang out here and wait for that spirit to show up, fine. We'll handle it. I'm not going to hang out here. I'm going to go back to the, the hotel room. I'm going to catch a cab over there. I'm still going to be driving. I'm still going to be moving. But one target that it knows is going one direction, while the stuff it's looking for is going the other direction. Come on, logic, people. He's not wrong, guys. Boz, who is honestly going to keep these two clowns safe? I've seen you use that gun. You can use it to protect both of them. We got a cripple whose roles have been reversed. And we got a person who can get stuck in a car that can't do much more than that. He can't lift anything. And when you get to Scrapper's place, you're going to have to unload. Boss crosses her arms over her chest and she like listens to Mike with just sort of kind of glaring at him a little bit. It's like he's just like putting her in a bad position. Mike's hand's going to go up to his hip forehead and kind of rubs it in frustration almost. Mike, Boss, you don't not, get it. Not everything is about logic that I have. Right, and that's why we're not going to abandon you, Boz. So when I'm responsible for your death at this dang gum thing, what am I going to do? Nothing. Get in the van and go, Boz. Please. Go. Boz, come on. And uh, she'll be standing in the back of the van and tug at Boz's coat, and she'll look at Michael, and she'll nod, and she'll say, you better be at the hotel, and she'll get back at the van. Boss doesn't say anything. She kind of shoots Mike another glare. Like, she's she actually seems a little angry with him, but she doesn't say anything. She just sort of gets into the back of the van and uh, mutters something under her breath and shuts the door. I'm just going to let a deep sigh, just put it back in, drive, and drive away slow. I want to send, uh, and I'll tell you about this, I want to send a fly spot to keep an eye on him. Sure. Everybody else is just going the scrappers then? Yep. Awesome. For the record, after they get going, the muttering from Boss becomes a little more audible, and Valerie would at least make out something about goddamn murder complex. Val will hear that because she has incredibly good hearing. There you go. Just for reference, the entire time Mike is not in the van with them, Val is doing to him what he did to her earlier, and just like... 1,300 <laughs> text messages just like, where are you at now? Where are you at now? Are you at the hotel? You better be at the hotel. Are you close to the hotel? Just shit like that. <laughs> Mike sends only one text or reply. 
Hello, tech support. My comm link's acting up. <laughs> Frowny face. You just got trolled. Oh, oh, oh god. come on. Oh god. Don't make me take that out. <laughs> where's that where's that edit button? Alright then. The three of you will pull up outside scrappers since that's where you were heading. Uh somebody help me get out of the van. I'm back to killing me. And I'll look for those parker sets that I've been saving up. I think it's time to take a few of them. So Val will go around to the back because I'm assuming they just have been carrying her chair everywhere with her. And she will, like, with a murderous, gleeful smile, get her wheelchair out and, like, snap it open and wheel it over to the driver's side door and kind of pat the seat. Ha ha. I guess you found quite victorious despite all the pain that I'm in. But just keep in mind, like the place from which I hail, I will rise again. I have no doubt in my mind, R.C., that that will happen. But for now, come on, Meals on Wheels. Ah, uh, I'm pointing forward. Carry me. Funny because you're a, you're a vampire. It's not funny for me. So as Boss stepped away, she will help you out and into the wheelchair and then push you into uh, Scrapper's office. So as you come in, you're not actually going to smell anything cooking. There's going to be a little bit of a mess in the sink of whatever it is that he was making. And he'll come out from the back, like, living area, and he's just wearing, like, sleeping pajama pants. He's not wearing a shirt, and he looks kind of like he just woke up, but he will see you guys and stop. He's going to look at Richard sitting in the chair, and he's going to look at Boss that is bandaged up a little bit, and Valerie, who's still covered in blood, and he's just going to get this look, like, mm. Everything went fine. In a tone that basically, like, is, an like, don't ask. You should see the other guy. It's supposed to be a joke, but really, you should see him. He's, he's in bad shape. I'm sorry. And at this point, Val starts getting visibly upset. Because she realized she probably killed a dude. Val might notice that Boss has basically not looked at her since they left the elf. Like, she hasn't laid eyes on her. I don't think even once. Our knight errant after you. I don't think so. Uh, we, as far as we know, we're, we're scot-free, right? She looks over at Val for the first time. Like, her eyes just kind of, like, move up and down, like, looking at all the bloody clothes. And she says, uh, isn't that right, Val? Um, yeah, I, I can double-check, but I don't, I don't think, um, they had the privately contracted security, so I, I think we're okay. We should be okay. My guess is that these people don't want Knight Aaron involved. That's not to say maybe someone else isn't looking for us. But I think we're good on that front. He's going to take two heavy footsteps closer to you, as you say. Somebody else might be looking for you, and he's going to lean his head down and kind of squint his eyes at you, just kind of looking for you to flinch. I think Boss is just too frustrated with her evening to flinch. She actually kind of leans into him a little bit. And she squints at him right back and says, What do you want? You want us to read the future? Things happen. I think we're good. We have no reason to think they're on us. Which is a lie, actually. So if you want me to <laughs> no. like, roll... You don't need to roll in this situation. Alright. So can we look at what's in the van, pile it up, see the results of our caper? Where's Mary Sue? And Val's, like, looking around her for the first time, like, suddenly realizing that the little elf isn't there. Do headlights dramatically appear? Yes, headlights dramatically appear, just driving probably a little too fast and gets right up by the van where everybody is standing and slams on the brake. And Mary Sue jumps out of the car, practically skipping and jumping over everybody. Just, we did it! We did it! We did it! We did it! We got it done! We did it! This is great! Morgana's going to fix everything. We're going to get our lives back. This is great. She's just jumping up and down, so excited. Boss's eyebrows slowly raise throughout the duration of this. I realize it's, I can't really talk about the importance of following law and order, but, you know, drinking and driving is wrong, honey. What? I'm, I'm not, I'm happy we did it. We got it done. Yeah, we sure did. Boss does not look quite as happy. But He's going to start looking confused, looking around at everybody. What? You guys are never happy. What? Boss looks directly at Valerie. Mary Sewell. Oh, Valerie. What did you do? I couldn't stop myself. 
And Val will, like, look down and just, like, have the most ashamed look on her face. If you look close enough, you can see that her hands are trembling. I'm sorry, you're looking at her? Is this a concern for what happened to the other guy? Uh, hello, I'm in a wheelchair, which, while politically just, still sucks pretty bad. You kind of brought that on yourself, didn't you, big guy? What? I tried to do a thing. I got You're right, I should have stayed in the van. I shouldn't have come in there when you were taking bullets to the chest. It's pretty sad when you just start out doing this kind of thing and you're already too old for it. Yeah, ha it's pretty it's about as funny as the Wikipedia entry on metahuman aging rates. <laughs> You'll be there boss, soon. Boss finally like lights up a little bit and she kinda like gives a half hearted grin and kinda gives the top of Varsi's head a little whack. Just a little like a little tap. And she looks back at Mary Sue. Alright, Val, and Arcy, you're not hurt that bad and boss, you're fine and Michael Boss does have a bunch of, like, bandages yeah, around her. but you're standing, so you're fine. I'll be okay. I'm just, I don't yeah. know, I'm just me. This- and Michael's fine, and Mary Sue's looking around. Where's, where's Michael? Where's, where's Michael, Val? There was a complication. And- <gasps> He's not the one you ate, is he? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. No. I, I. Uh, uh, what? No! I, 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 I would Boss look. Boss well, you're not here and you're covered in blood, Val! Boss looks equally kind of like surprised that Mary Sue would go there. She's like, come, come on, do you really think Valerie could overpower Mike? Look at that guy. He's huge. There was a spirit following us and it caught Michael's set or whatever weird supernatural shit happened. Boss is staring daggers at Valerie right now. Valerie does not care. She is explaining the situation to Mary Sue. Somehow it's my fault. Boss just hits her forehead with her hand. Just It's almost a facepalm. Alright, but Michael's fine. He's just He's not taking a detour. Okay. Made him up See? I so what's the problem? Him. Alright. So, but we got the stuff. We're giving it all to Scrapper, right? And and we did it. Why are you guys not happier about this? We got it done. You're going to get what we wanted for Morgana. What is the problem? Does Scrapper say anything now that there's been a small revelation? No. He's kind of just standing to the back, arms crossed over his bare chest and just kind of watching this. And as a, a silence kind of comes over you guys, he's going to start walking over to the gate to let everybody inside. All right. Boss, uh, yeah, she folds her arms over her chest and follows along. Still looking kind of grumpy. Yeah, we're pulling the cars in. Yeah, he'll let you guys in. Okay. So who wants to drive the van since we're not going to put Richard back in there? Oh, no, you don't. I can drive it. Mary Sue will drive it. She drives good. I think we established that there's no longer, like, manual controls in there. Right? Yeah, thank God. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, watch this, right? I'm going to pull out like a little key fob, hit it, and the van is going to go like, trip, trip, and the lights will flash. That's a no. You can just tell it to park itself, right? Yeah, this is a symbolic message of why you're not allowed to drive the van. So he will lead you into the back of the scrapyard. Actually, back to where those other two vans are, and pull open the doors on the back of one of them. Alright, so we're going to stash it in here. I will tell Morgana, and then... We'll set up a time to drop this all off. He kind of looks around for recognition. Sounds good to me. Then you guys will slowly start moving box after box after box. Do you guys want to go through it, or are you guys just going to stash it? Uh, oh, we want to check it. We're not going to handle this stuff over sight unseen. I, I want to know what we got. We only owe them certain things, right? You do only owe them certain things. So I'm going to give them everything. Yeah. See, Mary Sue would assume we're just giving it all over. Would be the nerd. Val would probably go through them and like make her own little like manifest of everything that's in the boxes and then be able to like, these are the ones that need to go to Morgana and these ones. Sure. So you guys are, we'll start from the non quest item stuff. Someone ready to start writing stuff down? Since you guys have the manifest, the lot numbers and such. I will skip the fancy obfuscating things. Inside one of the boxes, you are going to find several metal bars that are roughly the size and shape of Evo script. These look like plates for faking, or maybe they are real plates for making Evo corpse script. Ah, 
So they're counterfeit plates. You guys don't have the knowledge or know-how right now to know if they are counterfeit plates or if they are real plates that have been stolen. Okay. We recognize that they're, they're printing plates for, you know, money. Yes. Not for money, for corpse script. Slightly different. This money would only be good for Evo stuff at Evo stores. We get it. It's Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. terrible. Oh my god, is this how they print Bitcoins? <laughs> <laughs> The jewelry case is a a set of jewelry that has come over from Africa. There's not a whole lot of basic information on what makes it so valuable, but it does start at a couple thousand million as like the information in the the bidding. There is a box that has 51 kilogram bars in it. Are they stored in any particular way or are they just like in the box? The which thing or just the things in general? The bars. The bars. Uh, they are just kind of in a wooden box that has some Whatever they use for Sixth World straw packing stuff. If you want to go ahead and roll your industrial mechanic, Richard, I think that's the closest thing that anybody's got here. So a piece of edge and four hits later, this is some high-quality explosives. Uh, gas? I think I know what this is. I'm going to poke it. I think that's like C4 or something. Maybe we hang on to that. You don't know like exactly the rating and that kind of stuff on it yet because the exact details are missing, but that'll be something you can figure out later. There is the small bag, which the auction details confirms what Michael said about it being some sort of magical reagent. In another box, you will find very lovingly placed a katana and wakazashi. They are a matching set. As you kind of lift them up, Valerie will notice that they glow. Uh, when I see that they're glowing, I kind of say, uh, hey, hang on, guys, and I will sort of go over and, like, very cautiously, like, poke at one of them, just because she's still learning this magic thing, and make sure it doesn't hurt her. You are not hurt by touching it. What color is the glow, or is it just sort of a... It doesn't feel like anything. It just kind of is is glowing. In the same kind of way that Annika or Michael glows, but their colors change, this is just kind of glows in that same fashion. Okay. Yeah, she's not going to do anything with it at the moment, but she will probably investigate those later. Sure. The auction notes will note that the blades were brought from California Free State, and that they are from a local family there. Hmm. Maybe we can do a little background checking on some of this stuff once we have some time. As you guys are still moving through these boxes, you will find the dueling pistol set, you will find the art, and you will find the diary, the Necronomicon, as it is so colloquially called. <laughs> so when the dueling pistols are unboxed, Boss, like, stops, and she goes over to, to sort of look at them, and she starts to handle them kind of lovingly, and uh, shoots a look at Scrapper, and shoots a look at the, re- the rest of the group. Nope. Uh, back. Oh, come on. We only need to get them two of these pieces, right? The first thing that's going to happen, if you actually shoot those, they're going to explode in your hand. And you're going to have some of the most wonderfully etched metal implanted into your face. Can I do, like, a, a firearms interest? Yeah. You could just roll pistols plus, say, intuition, as that is the, the normal perception skill. And then, all right, with five hits, these seem to be functional. Obviously, you don't know 100% for sure until you actually fire them as things can always, you know, fail at the last moment. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of, like, gunpowder residue left on them just from the last time they were used. They weren't cleaned properly. But they seem to be in solid shape. And while they don't feature any of the fancy today's electronics or anything along those lines, you could probably fire them. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that she kind of has handled a lot of revolvers. Is she mm-hmm. familiar with this revolver? Is, is this, like, a, a nicer version of something she may have handled before? It is an older model that has been personalized for somebody you don't know, but they haven't been made in in many years. Boss sort of gives them like a longing look, and she sets them back in the case, and she looks away as if she's sort of saying, "If I keep looking at these, I'm not. what do they look like? Like, how do they? What's their actual appearance? Are they etched? Are they like you know, they have gold on them or ivory? Ivory inset? Oh wow." They're ivory and some kind of dark slash black wood in the handle. They are nicely etched along the barrels. Look, I'll tell you what. When we split up all this money, or however this works out, you can take yours, and you can take those pistols you have now and have them etched, gilded, you know, dipped in silver, have your name written in script on it, whatever you want to do. 
it's not the same. Boss just shakes her head and, like, motions to RC to just stop trying. <laughs> she just, like, walks to go open a different box at that point. So you guys have gone through all of the boxes with the exception of the songbird box. Because it's like, that's over there, put down, and not been touched. Is there any reason we would want to open that thing? We know what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm really just, just, here you go, Scrapper. Before we get to that, Michael, are you going to the hotel room? Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I told him I'd do. And now I won't go to the exact room. I do have creds on my cred stick, so mm-hmm. I will get my own room. But yeah, I'll hop a cab and I'll get over to the hotel room. And yeah. Awesome. Are you doing anything fun there or are you just kind of hanging out? I'll send them all a message saying, made it, relax. And then once I get into the room, I'm going to uh, do what I can to mask my astral signature, if you will, and uh, try to keep a, a sensing going just in case that thing comes back. Sure. It'll be a very long, boring, however long it takes before anybody comes back, but you will not be harassed in your hotel room. All right. So... Scrapper will dramatically pull off the, I guess, the the blanket or whatever that was on the the songbird box. And if I could get everybody there to roll perception at negative four, except for Valerie. Valerie can roll just base perception. All right. So Scrapper is going to get a very confused look on his face as he opens this up. Inside, you guys will see a little house that is set up there. There is a little piano in there. And not what you would be expecting for a bird. A little house and a little piano. Mm-hmm. As you guys kind of look at it, like, ah, uh, Mary Sue will see a little person about 13, 14 inches tall, kind of hiding and tucked away that you only barely see. Is it in a cage? Oh, yeah, no, it's like a one of those giant bird cages, but there's okay. inside the cage, there's a little house and a little piano that's outside on attached to the, the floor of the cage. And the rest wow. of you don't see anything else in there. So Mary Sue's going to approach the cage and just get closer and just try to, to see, just get a better look of what she's seeing. As you're kind of staring at it, it's going to notice that you are looking at it, and it's going to kind of retreat and hide back into its house. It looks like it was person-sized and shaped, only 13, 14 inches tall. Mary Sue's just going to kind of giggle and cover her mouth, just kind of surprised at what she saw, and just stand back up and look at the others with wide eyes. Well, there's something you don't see every day. I know. What? Did you see it? It's What, what it's, was that? Well, boss, it appeared to be a tiny man with a home and a piano inside of uh, a birdcage. Would parazoology be appropriate for this scenario? It sure would. Okay. Well, you're all that. Two successes. Given the qualifiers of tiny and person, and the rest of the contextual clues, you're pretty sure this might be a pixie. Boss sort of like leans in over the box to try to get a better view, but the thing's already kind of out of sight. Yep. She says, uh, I, I don't know what else, what this could be other than, than a pixie. What? A pixie? <gasps> Can I keep it? Well, no, you can't keep it. It's not. Oh, so none of us are keeping any of the items? Look, if I had to give up those revolvers, you're not keeping a living thing. Look, what do I know about pixies? Well, you make it sound like I'm going to hurt it. We don't know what's going to happen to it when we give it over. Why do you think I'm going to do something to it? Are pixies, like, sentient? They are. They are not. Are they protected in any way? Is this, like, a slave situation? Under most situations, pixies are not issued sins. There are a few places that do. There are a few situations where they can get sins. Outside of that, they are not treated as people because they are sinless. However, they are sapient slash intelligent. Can they speak? Is there like a language they speak? Uh, you could you could try English. Okay, boss like is listening to Mary Sue and kind of like squinting at her, like she, like what are you talking about? She says. This is a sentient creature that can communicate. Yeah. We, it's, yeah. it's not a pet. I didn't say a pet. I just said, can I keep it? You can't keep a, a, a living sentient thing. That's Obviously, that somebody feels they can. It's in a cage. Yeah, criminals. Which I think we are now. 
I don't know if we're like the slaver type criminal yet. Can we like wait on that one? Maybe like kick that can down the road, revisit later. Fine, boss. Fine. Boss like leans over the cage and tries to speak to it in like kind of soft tones. It's kind of funny trying to listen to her, try to like be soothing because she's not very, her voice is just kind of like not super pleasant. Hey, 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 little, little guy. Uh, you understand me? That sounds like you want to try and roll some kind of social role. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Victory. Go with it. Good luck. With one hit on your here little creature that we were just talking about keeping you as a pet slash slave. Well, to be fair, to be fair, Boss was very much saying, no, we're not. <laughs> okay. To be fair. So with one hit on your etiquette test, you are going to see a small feminine head peek its head out from the doorway of the little house inside and kind of look around. Doesn't say anything, though? No, it's still looking out just like trying to get a feel for what's going on right now. I want to roll up and say, uh, hey there, little person. Hey, 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 don't, don't crowd the thing. You're going to scare it. Yeah, I want to, I bust kind of like scare it. Starts to push, push RC away a little bit. Hey, hey, I'm going to be the one to scare it. Okay, there. (laughs) You push him away as he's sitting in the wheelchair. Just kind of like (laughs) rolling. Roll him away. (laughs) Boss's eyes kind of like widen a little bit and she leans in. It's almost like she's like, Looking down at a puppy, which is maybe a kind of hypocritical, you know. She just told she just told Mary Sue not to treat it like a pet, but she's sort of like doing the sort of like, oh, look at the little puppy thing. And she she says, "Hi, uh, we're we're not we're not here to to hurt you. Uh, do you can you can you speak?" It's gonna look at you. You see its head turned to the side. It hasn't really come out of the doorway, but it's definitely like leaning out of it more. And it's looking at you intently. Nothing, nothing, huh? You don't, you don't got nothing. All right. Look, I don't know if you can can understand me, but uh, we're gonna try to get you out of there. All right. This is a promise that she's making to a pixie. One of the things you're gonna notice, Valerie, is as it's peeking its head out, it's going to light up brighter than what it was before, and just it's, it's got this coloration to it, kind of like Michael and Boss do, but then it will turn on brighter the way Michael did in the van when he was looking at the ghosty thing. Val's been kind of like pretty much standing far back at this point, and when she sees uh, sort of the colors, she'll kind of like take a step closer towards the cage, and like, again, sort of just tilt her head to the side and look at it as though she's trying to like figure out what all the coloration and everything means, and is just kind of like shaking her head in just an unknowing manner. Okay. Its eyes do linger on everybody here, just kind of like getting a read on you. Boss looks at the others and says, look, we might not be good people right now, but I don't know if you guys believe in karma. I'm not the sort to really buy into that sort of thing, but I feel like we should do the right thing here and let this little guy go. Cow. I'll tell you what, we'll make you a deal. We can let him go, we keep the piano. I've always wanted a baby grand. Scrapper's probably close enough. Does he say anything? No, he has resumed his position of standing there with his arms crossed watching the debate over the fate of this small creature happen in front of him. Val will actually turn to Scrapper and point at the cage, and she will say, what does Morgana plan to do with this one? I don't ask those questions. And if you are smart, you won't ask those questions either. Boss looks over at Scrapper and says... This cage was never here. This is your job, your choices. Boss actually looks to Mary Sue, finally, and, like, kind of lifts her eyebrows, like, expecting her to chime in. Mary Sue's going to look back at the little creature and get down to eye level. And, um, and Elvin, start uh, asking questions. What's its name? Where's its family? Where does it want to go back to? Would you like me to roll etiquette? Absolutely. So with four hits on your pixie talk... It will respond to you in in Elvish. It will explain to you that its name is Margaret. What else would you like to know? Family? Does Is it alone in the world, or does it have... It is alone here and has not seen another of its kind for a couple of years. I have a question. What does this pixie sound like? 
Look, you're not going to get me to do a a 12-inch tall elvish lady speak. Oh, come on. I mean, you're almost there. So, Mary Sue is going to ask Margaret, would you like to come home with me? As you're in the conversation, she will kind of step fully out. You can see that she's wearing what is a 12-inch tall woman, like, black lounge singer's dress. You know, that's what she comes out in. And through the conversation, she gets the idea that you wanted to come home with you. And she is, like, got the idea that you're going to be the new owner. And then you quickly quash that. And she longs for freedom. So I will explain to Margaret, then, that I'm going to take her home with me. And then we'll find a way to get her free. Could just open the cage door and let it go. I was about to say that. Really? So just a bird of prey can come along and take her? Well, presumably. I want to make sure we let her out somewhere safe, not just... They live in the wild. That's what they do. I understand, but I think Mary Sue would just want to make sure it's done in the right way. Like, maybe, you know, try to find other pixies. Find a place where yeah, that's going to be safe, not just open the door in a scrapyard and let her out in an evening dress. Do they have wings? They do. You will notice that she has like a a scooped back on her dress where her wings are visible. Unfortunately, since this this whole conversation is happening in Elven, I can't really like get in character and say anything. But, uh, Bob, I have no idea what they're saying, but it's probably asinine. Why don't we just buy this stupid thing, like, uh, get like an Uber and just send it. You've got a place by. Wherever he wants to go. She can ride the fly. Hearing this, Mary will stand up, look at all of you and say, her name is Margaret. She's alone. She would like to be free. I said we'd take her out of here and that we'd get her free. What what is out of here? The scrapyard? Out of the scrapyard. I'm not. That's that's like 30 feet away. Fine. All right. So what are you? All right. You know what? Hold on. Nope. No. Forget it. Here you go. This is the pixie Margaret. You guys figured out. You don't want to listen to me. That's fine. Mary Sue stomps off, sits in a chair, crosses her arms. And just looks at all of you. You guys make the decisions. You know, sometimes you can be a bit high-strung. Boss watches Mary Sue storm off. Looks a little confused, and she uh, she looks at R.C. and says, I think I'm just going to let it out. What's supposed to happen? I mean, you know, it, it beats all of our ass. Just, sure, open it up. Does anyone try to stop her? This might actually be a really bad idea. Nope. Nobody? Uh, oh, go for it. Live the dream. Belle's going to kind of look at Boz and uh, and says, "Wait, but before you do that, let me uh, can I'm I'm gonna call Mike." Yeah, okay. I guess I guess is he might have something to say about it. Sure. So Valerie will call up Mike. Yes, but but I, I already told you I'm I'm here. I'm safe. I know. There's uh another thing. Um, what what do you know about pixies? Sounds like I need to make a parasitology roll there. Two hits on your your pixie knowledge. It's more or less the same things that Boss knows. So I don't really know if they're like violent or anything to that nature. They're sapient and sentient, so you know all kinds of people that are apparently violent, as you are learning about tonight. That is true. Yeah, I'll just relay basically the same stuff that Boss relayed to everybody. Boss says, look... It seems kind of cruel to just say, hey, we're going to keep you in this cage for a while. She wants to be free. There's no reason why she should be in there. If she wants to hang out with us until we can find out where she wants to go or where it's safe, that's fine. But I'm not keeping her in this cage. It should be up to her. It's not necessarily up to us, is it? Val will basically gesture and, like, take a couple of steps back from the cage just in case. Boss looks at Mary Sue and she says, Look, I know that you're kind of grumpy right now, but I think you should think about this creature. needs. We need someone who can communicate with us, with her. And I, I think we want the same thing. We want her to be safe and to get to safety, but I just don't think we should keep her in a cage to do that. Yeah, sure, boss. Find somebody that can communicate with it. I'm sure I wasn't doing that myself. Boss narrows her eyes at Mary Sue and, and says, fine. And uh, she just opens the cage. She sits there waiting for you to presumably back up. Yeah, she passed us. She gives us room. And then she will very tentatively take a step, another step, and then she will begin to float, and then she will begin to float 
towards the door and she'll stop for just a moment at the door and look around, see her tense up real quick, and then she will shoot off into the sky. As always, thank you guys for listening. You are the reason that we continue to to do this. Come by, check us out on Patreon. We have a couple of different goals on there, all of which is oriented towards growing the show and doing more things in that vein. You know, we want to get bigger and better and all of that happy stuff. I want to give back to the cast for helping out and sitting down to play this game. The Patreon link is going to be in the description. And uh, tell your friends! You know, that's the easiest way to to help us out without really doing anything super in-depth. You know, spread the word. And, you know, as much as I hate to drone on about it, there's those things about five-star iTunes reviews. So, but it is now time for the legal stuff.